Whipper. I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. So you know how to walk. You know how to dance. You ever dance with the devil in a pale moonlight? Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the LDC Podcast. I am your host, Rob Castellucci. And I'm reporting live from my closet in my home. So I hope that this recording sounds better. You know, I've been playing around with some of these formats and the sound quality. And I got a feeling I'm onto something here. I think that you're going to enjoy this music to your ears, so to speak. So with that being said, let's get started. And I want to begin today's show by giving a couple of shout outs to some folks who gave me some love here on Twitter. First one, Daniel Casado. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Daniel. But Daniel gave me a shout out, my Twitter handle, Rob J. Cast. He said, just finished up watching your TEDx talk on salsa and your LDC podcast. And I just have to say, I love what you're doing. So thank you, Daniel. I really appreciate that. Feedback is always great to hear. And it's really motivating for, for me to continue doing this podcast here, again, live from my closet. And number two is from Fardeen Rahman. So Fardeen on Twitter said, at PK Gladi, a great hashtag TEDx talk with surprise wedding hashtag proposal by at Rob J cast at TEDx UF. Uh, so thank you Fardeen. The uh, yeah, the TEDx talk, man, it was uh, it was crazy. I can't believe it was already almost what is it March, April, May, June. So about over three months ago already. It's crazy. It seems like it was just yesterday. So moving on, let's get started today with LDC posts. And there's one specific post that came out recently that I want to bring everybody's attention to. It is called So You Want to Be a Man on Gendered Language in Dance by Rachel Cassandra. And Rachel is an excellent writer. I love her stuff. She really does a great job intersection between dance and society, societal issues. And this certainly touches on both. This is really about dance roles and gender roles. And I'll let you read the article. I'm not going to read it for you here. I'll let you do that. I'll link to it here in the show notes as well. But I want to tell you what I took away from it. I took away that I'm a teacher. I teach twice a week at, uh, at the Gator Salsa Club here in Gainesville. And when I talk about leaders and followers, I a lot of times call them guys over here, girls over here. And after reading this article, I realized that I'm going to be much more detail-oriented with how I address those individuals. I'm going to be calling them from now on leaders over here, followers over here. Because what that does is if you do it the other way, if you say, hey, all the guys over here, well, you know, maybe one of those girls that was in the class wanted to be a leader, but when she heard the instructor address guys over here, uh, she said, well, okay, I guess I'm not supposed to. I'm going to back down. And that's really a waste because there is so much opportunity to learn and become a better dancer in all kinds of dance styles, not just salsa, uh, when you dance the other person's part. So if you're a guy and you dance as a follower, then you learn just so much about being a leader and vice versa. So that's why for me, I now understand it's really important to make sure that we have consistent language with how we address these roles as not to make anyone shy about experimenting with that and thus becoming a better dancer. So check out the article. It's really great. Um, also on LDC, upcoming events this weekend. Now, there are several events coming up this weekend, but the one that I enjoy the most, I'm going to actually lead into this a little bit with a bit of background. I like events that have a unique quality to them. 
a good example of that is when I was interviewing Daniel, a photographer, he goes to a lot of these congresses. He went to one in Charlotte where the congress or festival was on a battleship. Now, how cool is that? You got pictures. I saw these of people salsa dancing. Yeah, like five partners of salsa dancing. And then in the background, you have a gigantic gun mounted on a giant battleship. And that's your picture of dancing. I, I just find that to be a really unique venue. And similarly here, they got a Congress coming up this weekend in Queens, so greater New York City, uh, called the World's Fair Salsa Congress. This is the first annual. This is the first time that they're doing this. But really interesting, this is where the World's Fair happened in 1964, ladies and gentlemen. So it's a unique venue. It's something different. It's going to the area where this famous World's Fair took place. And, I mean, it's New York City. So, of course, you're going to have great attendees, great people teaching workshops, participants. I'm looking at this list. I'm Man, I'm really wishing that teleportation machine would get here already. But we got Bahari, Bahari de Yamule. Uh, we got Decor Dance Company. We got Carol Flores. We got Santo Rico. We got Yamule. We got Zapphire, which is awesome. If you've never seen Zapphire perform, oh man, awesome, awesome. They also have a children's showcase. Now, it's not like I would go to see children perform, but I think it's important to note that conferences like this are important. They incorporate kids incorporate them at all ages so they can get in because really what we're doing here guys this is the latin dance community we're trying to build a pipeline here pipeline starts at the youngins you gotta get the young kids in here i mean imagine if as many people dance salsa as you know little girls dance ballet and you know when they're five six seven years old we would just have a even huger community than we do have right now so i think it's important to have uh, your experience built in for kids, people of all ages who want to get into salsa as well, because that really does help build this community. And now for my final thought for the day. My thought is about Congresses. I'm going to be heading out to the Orlando Salsa Congress uh, two weeks from now, July 4th weekend. This is one of my favorite Congresses. It's awesome. The only downside is that they have way too many performances, but I'll leave that to another podcast episode. Maybe that'll be my thought for the day, the week of July 7th. But either way, I want to talk about this based on a conversation I had with a buddy of mine here in Gainesville last week. We were talking about Orlando. We're both going to the Orlando Congress. And I asked him, are you going to be doing the full weekend pass? He said, nah, man, it's too expensive. 250 bucks full weekend. And that's more than it's ever been at the OSC. It's gone up every single year for the past five years at the Orlando South Congress. And my initial reaction was, yeah, wow, that's really expensive. Though they know that we're dancers, we can't afford these prices. We do this for the love of dancing. And then my business side, my entrepreneur side kind of called myself and I said, well, you know what? It's a supply and demand economy. There's obviously the demand here for the Congress. So the supply, you know, is lesser in a way and the price should go up. And what that really speaks to is what we're starting to see happen in this industry. I mean, we've seen it happen for a while, how it's growing. It's growing from uh, a niche cottage industry where a few people will go here and there to something that's almost on, like on the cusp, on the cusp, guys, of being mainstream with a lot of these different genres, with bachata congresses, with kazomba congresses, with salsa congresses. And you're seeing the inklings. And, and the way that I really look at it is you're starting to see businesses that form around these communities that are becoming pretty big businesses. You're seeing congresses like this. You're also seeing... Uh, shoe companies like Burju Shoes is a great example of a national shoe brand that started in the South community. 
And then you got um, you got bachata singers, for instance, these bachata singers that are now doing like uh, duets with Snoop Dogg. I just heard one with the other day. So you're starting to see that mainstream transfer over to this. And with that mainstream transfer, that means that this community is growing. And because the community is growing, hey, prices are going to go up. And I bring it back to a an example. An example is San Francisco, Silicon Valley, the San Francisco Bay Area. Now, you look back at San Francisco maybe mm, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, even 20 years ago, and it wasn't nearly as expensive as it is right now. And trust me, I know how expensive it is right now because I'm going to be moving out to SF next summer, and I'm going to be paying $3,000 a month for rent. And I'm, no joke, $3,000 is absolutely crazy. But the reason I'm willing to do that is because the ecosystem that's built there from all the people that have come there, so many smart, knowledgeable, world, world-class people in tech. And when I'm not doing this lovely podcast, I'm in tech. And that is what's worth it. That's why as the price goes up, you know what, you're getting more value. So I bring this back to salsa and Latin dancing in our community. And when you see these prices go up, shoes cost more than they used to, congresses cost more than they used to, socials cost more than they used to, that's a good sign. That means that our community is healthy and it's growing. And listen, if we got to spend a little bit more to support that growth and make it where people can make salsa their full-time job, you know, we always talk about, uh, you know, the love of the dance. And uh, I always hear people say, well, I wish I could do salsa full-time, or I wish I could do something around Latin dancing full-time. Well, they can if they do something like this and it's interesting enough to enough people, it provides enough value to people. But the only way they can do that is a lot of times if they start charging more money for that. So I see it as overall a net positive for all of us where these prices are going up. Yeah, we have to pay a little bit more or maybe we don't. Maybe we just do a night pass. No one's forcing me to do this stuff, right? But I see it as a really good sign because that means that our community is growing. It means it's healthy. It means that more people are coming in. And hopefully that means that more innovation is happening as well. I love, uh, you know, one of my buddies, Joe's Bell out of Atlanta. Joe's Bell, if you actually listen to this podcast, man, shout out to you. Uh, you know, he and Marco Molina, they do uh, kind of like a, a mesh. I got to get him on the show to explain what they do. Um, but they're called Latin Swag. If you guys know Latin Swag, you know what they do. They have this hip hop blended in with salsa and cha-cha and Latin dancing. And that kind of blend only happens when you bring new people into the community. So the long story short here, guys, is that higher prices suck in the short term, but in the long term, it's really good for all of us. It's a really good sign. Wrapping things up here today, if you have any announcements that you want me to share here on the podcast, Hey, I'm always happy to share this as long as they're relevant to our community. If you have an upcoming event, if you have thoughts on the show, if you have something that you'd like to share, you know, drop me a line, send me an email, cast7326 at gmail, that's C-A-S-T 7326. Or as you heard earlier in the show, you can tweet at me. I read those, Rob J. Cast. So at Rob J. Cast is my Twitter handle. And also, you know, on Facebook, I've been getting a lot of friend requests lately from it looks like salsa people because I know we have some common salsa friends, but I don't know who you are a lot of times. So it would really be helpful if that with that friend request, maybe include a message there so I can actually know, you know, you heard about me through the podcast. I know you're not crazy. That always helps with me accepting these friend requests. But I'm totally cool. If you want to connect with me on the Facebook, feel free to do that at Rob Cast. So drop the J on Facebook. 
And lastly, lastly, lastly is talking about this growth of the community. That was my thought for the day. Well, let's grow this podcast as well. And the biggest, biggest way that you can do that is by leaving a review. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that on Stitcher. I believe those are the only two options as of right now. But really spending five minutes leaving a review there, five stars are always appreciated. But hey, leave me one star, but give me some really good feedback on how this show can improve and that's just as valuable so really take some time do that it helps more people find out about the podcast no joke algorithms take that into account when they show results as well and then when you see the podcast see oh it's got 25 30 50 100 reviews that really really does help plus i'll give you a shout out on the podcast so you'll be famous on the interwebs and that's it guys that's the show here for the week And to end things off, I want to introduce to you a new segment we're doing, which is LDC's Song of the Week, where basically I pick out a song that I really enjoy, and I hope that you're going to really enjoy too. This week is an oldie, but a goodie, Jimmy Bosch's Otra Oportunidad. Enjoy. De una experiencia que le pasó a un familiar Mi hermano ha perdido la vida Solo en la calle, sin que nadie lo supiera Consejos no cogió, mensaje no escuchó Y por eso él no está conmigo
Adiós.